We shouldn't. We come to you, and you take us back every single time because the blood is forever. And we thank you for your goodness to us, your anointing on us. The greater one lives in us. We ask the greater one to live big in me tonight, speak through my lips, touch through my hands, and bring a blessing to this assembly tonight. We pray for everybody here to get something that they need to hear and know by the Holy Ghost, and we thank you in advance for it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You could be seated. Praise God. Wow, what a what an honor it is just to be here tonight. And just personally, you know, I've ordained a lot of ladies in my lifetime, probably 30 or 40. And uh, I believe in women preachers. And, and when I get done with you, you'll have to believe in it or be a liar. I don't know. <laughs> I just know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So thank you, Misty, for allowing me to do this for you and bring a word to everybody here. There's a lot of ladies here tonight, and of course all my brothers and sisters that are married to pastors, they're very important, and I don't know what was wrong with us when we were denominational people, we didn't think right. And even New Testament, so-called New Testament churches, they don't think right about women, so we're going to just uh, shoot that bunny as he runs by, <laughs> bury him. <laughs> okay. So we're here to ordain Pastor Misty Parnell. Let's go to Genesis first, Genesis 1. I've got some things from the Word, then I've got some things historically that I've studied out, and I think it's going to really bless you if you're open, and uh, I think you will be. Okay, thanks for putting some air on. I was really hot. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Genesis 1.26, we're, we're talking about, at this point, this comment, the anointing knows no gender. Yeah, so, you know, God knows what he's doing. He anoints who he chooses. And, you know, sometimes some people that know you didn't like it, that you got called or whatever and made fun of you. But listen, it's an honor to be in the ministry. It's a high honor to be a preacher, a minister. And really all the body of Christ should be doing something to preach to somebody. Amen. So let's look here in Genesis 1, 26 through 28 maybe just verse 26, and God said, let us make man, and by the way, you ladies are included in that, you're the, of the race of man, you're just the one with the womb that can receive seed and then produce offspring. That's so valuable. He said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. So we see from that really, you can't really get a fullness of God unless you're a male or a female. And when you're a couple in ministry, that is so powerful because the ladies have a role to play. Some of them, and sometimes in some cases, some of the ladies I know are anointed or more so than their husbands. And I always tell the pastors, you need to let your wife preach some. Well, she's never done that. We'll get her up and talk to her about it and get her up. You're going to have to give a person time to develop their skill, their anointing, their, their mantle, where they fit in things. I know where I fit, and I'm staying there. I'm not moving out of my place. But I'm sharing that with you because when God created man, he created male and female. All right, let's go to Romans chapter 11. Just laying a little 
uh, foundation for what we're going to say tonight, Romans 11, New Testament, verse 29. I'm not trying to go too fast to lose you or anything. I just want to share some scriptures. Romans 11. You know, it's always good to share scriptures. People say, man, I wish he'd shut up and not share anything. You know? I know you don't think that yet, but I know they did that to Gloria Copeland one time. A lady in the congregation said to herself, man, shut her up. I've, she's, and of course, I've been in her healing school, Gloria Copeland. She preaches for four hours. And then she brings you forward and lays hands on you or whatever, calls things out. So anyway, powerful, powerful lady of God. Romans eleven twenty nine, for the gifts, that would mean the gifts of the Spirit, and also the gifting that you have, whether you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or really in the ministry of helps, you have a calling and you have an anointing within that calling. You know, some people are just great in the parking lot, and some, some guys get out there and they're practically cussing the guy out that's trying to pull him. <laughs> that's, not a good, that's not a good representative. Get him out of there. Put somebody out there that's polite. <laughs> It says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. In other words, whatever God, whoever God calls, he doesn't go back on that. Whether the people respond or didn't respond, they're going to stand judgment for that calling that God gave them. And, but notice, you, with every calling, there's gifts that go with that. And God doesn't do that and then change his mind. I'm just pointing out some things to us. So we need to be receptive to people that have anointings on them. You know, I, I know I know there's many here that do, and I know Pastor Ke Brother Candace here, Sister Candace. I'm, <laughs> I just want to see if you're paying attention. <laughs> Let's go over to Ephesians 4. Hopefully I won't make any more bloopers tonight. <laughs> and, and, many, and Madeline's here, my adopted daughter in the back there. She came to hear me tonight with her mother. And we're just so proud of all the ladies in our church. And, but I think Madeline's got a call on her. So she came wanted to come. She asked me what I was teaching. And I told her, she said, well, I'm going to see if Mom and I come. So we're glad you're here. It's good to see the Spicers. I haven't seen them in quite a while, but it's good to have you tonight with us. And then my own brothers and sisters, different pastors and things like that. Ephesians 4, let's start up here in verse 7. Under every one of us, is given grace, or I would, I would change that word for our teaching tonight, is given an anointing according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So some of these things may range from a certain level of power to an immense level of power, depending on whatever grace God put on your life, the anointing to function in that. And it doesn't mean that somebody that's not as strong as somebody else is insignificant. That's not what I'm saying. Everybody in the body has somewhat of an anointing. And you have to figure that out where you fit and get in your slot and then develop that. You need to pray, you need to meditate, you need to ask God, what do you have in me that I can help people with and figure that out? And it takes some time to do that. I've been in this full-time ministries. I'm going on my 46th year, been saved 50 years. So I'm just still working on me and letting God work on me. Let's look at verse 8. Wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, this is Jesus, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Unfortunately, the word men in the Greek is the word for people. It's not just male or not just female. It's the race of man. And the word there for that is really would be pronounced people from the Greek New Testament. Verse 11 and 12, maybe 13. And he gave some, notice not everybody, but he gave some apostles and some prophets 
That's the office I stand in, the ministry of the prophet. And some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the maturing, the real word there, the maturing of the saints for the work of the ministry, for their part of the work in the ministry, and the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ or the building up of the body of the anointed people. Till we all come into the unity of faith and unto the knowledge of the Son of God, unto the mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So here's something else to think about. I'm talking to Misty, but all of us. There's a fullness to get into that you're going to have to stretch for it. You know, I'm not the same man I was when I got saved. I'm not even the same man I was when I was pastor. Now, Pastor Randy, you've been with me 35 years almost, something like that. Uh, pastor Sonny knew me when he was just a kid in my church. So you can see there's a big change in me, would you say, from when I pastored? And, and really all your family, Tiffany, and by the way, Tiffany, thank you for coming. You know, those are two of my favorite songs. I always tell people, you know, it's nice when I go to church and somebody invested some time to figure out what flips my switch. And it's not that I'm judging the musicians or things. You know, everybody depends on their level of expertise in that, the calling, the gifting, the anointing on them. But she's made a point to figure out what I like. She showed up at Pastor Sonny's church. And I think you sang those two songs you sang tonight there, and that was just such a blessing. Those two songs are wonderful songs. So we see that the fivefold ministry, including the pastor, which is what we're ordaining tonight, Pastor Misty, uh, will help mature the body. And she's different than Pastor Randy, not just as a gender, but she's a different person and has a different calling, a different kind of anointing on her. And she'll have to develop that, like all of us should develop, into the fullness. I don't think I'm into the fullness yet. I've been working for, you know, to get there many years, and of course I've made a lot of mistakes and had to correct myself, and God's corrected me. Be, be gracious and receive His correction. If you can't be corrected, you sure don't mind, you shouldn't be in the ministry. Yeah, and if you get easily offended, you might as well just do something else with your life, because there's going to be opportunity for offense. And you know, it's, it's, not, it's not nice, but sometimes people do do things that are radical against you. 1 Corinthians 12, but you know, I believe she has the goods. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 and 28. I'm just bringing some foundation to this so that you could see that there's a lot to this. And I'm going to get more deeply into the ordination part in a minute. But it says, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, 28. Now you are, that means all of us, now, when? Now, not tomorrow, not next. When you get tomorrow, it'll be now, then. Or if I say it's now, now, then I've got to say, well, it's now, now, too. You see what I mean? It's now, brings it up to the present tense. And you know, you hear churches, some hold it on it. Well, we don't believe in apostles and prophets. They all passed when the last one died. I know of an apostle. He's a good friend of mine. I'm going on a trip with him recently. And I'm a prophet. But see, when we mentioned those five gifts, we said that because you can't fully mature with just the pastor. Although I think he and she, whoever pastors, has got the most important role to deal with people, live with people, and all of their stuff, you know. People, you know, you got stuff sometimes. And as we preach, and if you're humble and you're willing to receive what we teach, then you, you have to make some corrections probably to get into the fullness. I think if we were all in the fullness in the body of Christ, we'd probably already be in heaven. <laughs> we're working on I'm, I'm working on me, and when I preach, hopefully. It's working on you. 
Now you are currently, present tense, you are, not going to be, not was, you are, the body of Christ. And Christ interpreted means the anointed one in his anointing. So you're a part of that body of the anointing. And members in particular, in other words, you have uniqueness to you, particular to your personality and to what God's called you to do. Verse 28, God has set some in the church. Notice this again, some, not everybody. Uh, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, government, diversities of tongues. So this, this is in, in this verse, there's the ministry of helps. That's a ministry. It's not in the same class as the fivefold, but it is imperative that we have the ministry of helps. I could not do what I do without my staff. And kind of me and Jordan, my son, he's the pastor there. We kind of share the staff, especially Sean and even others have helped me. And lots since my wife passed, my whole staff has been to my house and helped me do so much. And I'm so grateful to them all. So we see here again, he sets these different ministries in here. Now the pastor's not listed by name, but he's listed by his job description, which is government. The one in the local church that governs that local church is the pastor. And I always tell pastors, if I say something that was contrary to what you teach, when I'm gone, you can rebuke me after the service, and maybe when I'm gone, you can straighten out your people. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you said so, I said something way out of line, you know, okay, all right. Now let's go to Galatians a minute, chapter 3. I'm showing you that, uh, and notice when it said that, it, the government didn't say male, because of the prejudice in the earth, sometimes uh, there's a problem. Galatians 3, let's read 26 through 29. Uh, let's see here, 26. It says, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, in the anointed Jesus. For as many as you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That really is not talking about water baptism. In my opinion, it's talking about God putting you into the body of Christ. You're baptized into that body to be a part of it. There is neither Jew nor Greek, verse 28. There is neither um, bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Now, he's talking about in the spirit. See, naturally, there's difference between a man and a woman, but he's talking about in Christ there's no such thing as a male or female. You just have an anointing. And God wants you to use that anointing to help the humanity in the earth. You listening to me? So we've used several scriptures here. Now let's uh, hold up for a minute. I'm going to read you some historical stuff that I, I found out. This is about ladies in ministry way back, historical evidences. There is evidence that women were involved in teaching and preaching during the first several centuries in church history as they were gifted of the Lord and by the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Holy Ghost anointed different women in the first several centuries, and they were outstanding. Let me give you some more information. Justin Martyr said in his dialogue with uh, Trophimus, the, Jew, the Jews, both men and women, were seen among them who had extraordinary gifts of the Spirit. And according to uh, the prophet Joel, he foretold in Dodwell in his, his dissertations to Arrhenius, Arrhenius was the early church father, that the gifts of the spirit of prophecy was given in others besides the apostles, not only in the first and second, but in the third century, even to the time of Constantine, men who had these gifts, yea, and women too. So that's early, way back in the first four or five centuries of the church. 
Tertullian, one of the earliest Latin fathers, he was a great man of God in his day, notes that women appear in every, excuse me, in every early reference to ecclesiastical orders. So all the way back that he went, it was women involved in it. You know, for example, I think we have uh, Anna, who was a prophetess, Hulda was a prophetess, uh, you know, and then uh, uh, Deborah was a prophetess and others, back in the Old Testament even. And Miriam, she was a prophetess. Let me read on here. Marcella preached Christianity publicly in Rome, and Jerome, born about 350 A.D. in the translator of the Latin Vulgate Bible, writes of her about this lady named Marcella. All that learn with great study, the blessed Marcella learned also, but with great facility. In other words, she was really quick to get it and very smart in her mind, too. He also celebrates the immense influence for good uh, in Rome. In the catacombs are found representations of women in the clergy, and they are shown presiding over the Lord's Supper. That was something only the leadership did. Okay, let me go on a minute. Uh, Mabillion, a French writer on ecclesiastical bi biography. Now, this sounds kind of highbrow, but just listen. There's something. <laughs> I'd like to skip those big words, but <laughs> records that the evangeliz evangelization of Europe was due in great part to the nuns of St. Benedict, many of whom publicly preached the gospel. These were all nuns, but they're all women, but they were used greatly in the revival in Europe early on. Among the Montanists, who were the evangelicals of the third century, Priscilla and Maximima, ladies of rank, served as evangelists over a wide extent of country. Women were elected to the Montanists, Montanists as deacons, pastors, presidents, presbyters, or bishops. And think about that. That's just something we don't, you don't hear a lot about in the New Testament. I mean, you don't hear, I meant in the current day we live is what I meant. It seems that all the decay of women's ministry took place with the decay of Christianity, the rise of the Roman apostasy. Yeah, here's another guy. Eusebius, he was another early church father in the 4th century, speaks of Potamia Amenus, a prophetess in Philadelphia, and others who were equally distinguished for their love and zeal in the cause of Christ. This is historical background on women in ministry, all the way back to just when Jesus was alive and just a little beyond that. You with me? Let's go over here to the book of Acts a minute. Don't let that bore you. Just listen to me, and I think we could see some things that we maybe hadn't thought about. That's all I'm saying. But I wanted to prove it from your, the Scripture. So Acts 1, verse 13 and 14 here. Acts 1, 13 and 14. When they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode Peter and James... John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayers and supplications with the women. With the women. So there was women there in that upper room in the day of Pentecost. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So we're just talking, to go to chapter 2 now. Let's look at verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Isn't that great? You know, tonight we could just be in one accord here, and just, we just make a decision. 
I'm going to listen to Dr. Jacob preach the word. I'm going to believe the word and respond accordingly. And so we have the best service we can have. And I may minister to some others, and I'm sorry, uh, uh, Tiffany got me crying, and I appreciate it. I'm easy to cry, and I, I'm not ashamed of that. But it causes things to happen to my, my sinuses sometimes or something. Excuse me for doing that to you, but I have to do what i got to do. I don't want to drip on my Bible, you know. I got it all marked up. All right, let's see here. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. You remember this morning I told you about that lady I touched in the forehead, like right here in the prayer line, and all of a sudden she's 15 feet away from me, backward. She stayed parallel. I mean, she stayed facing me, but she just moved back there in less than a second. And then an angel showed up and he fixed her. He reached inside of her body and fixed her. She couldn't have a baby, but she had one after that happened. Proof is in the fruit. Okay, so some, we may have a rushing, rushing mighty wind today. I don't know. Yeah, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began, get the hold of that, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this was just the beginning of tongues. When you get filled, that's just the beginning. It's not like you've made it to everything there is. That's just another help to you to reach God, to talk to God in your prayer language and speak to Him. The devil don't know what you're saying. What a deal. Amen. He's frustrated too when you do that. But just go ahead and do it. Frustrate Him a little. Hadn't He frustrated you? All right. So let's. Go. we're still in chapter 2. Let's look at something else here. Uh, 2, 15 through 18. Uh, let's see. How about 13 through 18? Let's see. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. They acted like they were drunk, but they were drunk on a different substance called the Holy Ghost. And verse 15, are these not, they are not drunken as you suppose. They're drunk, but not like you're thinking they've been drinking wine or liquor. They're drunk on the Holy Ghost, but this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Actually, prophecy is a, is a gift of the Spirit, but it could be interpreted in this context too. I'm just talking to you. That word prophecy is preaching. So your sons and your daughters can preach. And your young men shall see visions. I have visions. Not all the time, but I've had a lot of them. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, that's a female, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy or they shall preach. So we just see some great things. Let's go to one more passage in Acts in chapter uh, 21. Are you learning anything? It's a little different teaching tonight, but we're going to, Get in the Holy Ghost as we go. Chapter 21, verse 8 and 9. We're talking about women in ministry. I mean, is it appropriate for a woman to be an apostle? Well, sure. I'm going to show you that in just a few minutes. Is it real to be a woman that's a pastor? Of course it is. Now, in our culture, she may have a little more problem at first, but if you're any kind of a person that has a brain, you come into a church like that, and she begins to open her mouth, and after a while, you forget she's female. You just think, man, she's feeding me. How about Pastor Nancy? 
Yeah. So, you know, and Dr. Dufresne said a lot of men were prejudiced, but they came in just to check it out, and then they stayed. And <laughs> check out that this woman preacher would be able to minister to them, but then they were amazed when she talks because she's a very anointed teacher in the, and really uh, maybe prophet too. But anyway, I'll just let that go right now. And the next day, verse 8, 21, 8, Acts 21, 8 and 9, the next day we were, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist, he's mentioned earlier in the book of Acts, which was one of the seven and abode with, with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. I believe that means they preached there personally. So anyway, we see this throughout the Bible here that women had a dominant role in the New Testament. Maybe you didn't see that. Maybe you'd never studied it. But I studied it when I began to ordain women, which had been a long time back, probably 30 years now. Let's go to Romans chapter 16. Is this too much scriptures for you? You know, it, I'm not telling you to argue with the Church of Christ at Thanksgiving. Don't do that. But I want you to be convinced in your heart from what I'm teaching you that women have an equal role, equal part, if they have an anointing to go with it, and the fruit, the fruit of that anointing should be flowing too. Hallelujah. Actually, I preached the very same thing at Pastor Donna's ordination. I ordained her. And uh, it was the best I'd ever taught it, so this I just kept my notes and you know, went over it today. I didn't just pull it out of a somewhere and try to preach it. I studied it again. And uh, let's start up here in Romans 16, verse 1 through uh, 7. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, this is the lady, Phoebe, which is a servant, and the real word there is deacon, of one of church which is at Sinchcrea. So here's a woman as a deacon. Can you imagine that in the Baptist church? I can't. Those men are so set in their ways, especially deacons, and they've ruined a lot of churches. And sometimes some of them will stand judgment because they killed their pastor by just never giving him the help he needed, didn't pay him adequately, had a family, maybe two or three kids. Of course, you start at the bottom. That's where I started. Teaching four seventh graders in the basement of First Baptist, and it stunk in that room because you cheap floor wax. And you sat on a metal chair, not one of these comfy things. You're sitting on some comfort here. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So here is a lady called Phoebe that was a deacon. Now, if you try to teach that someplace else, they would say, well, that ain't true, but it is true. I've looked up the words here. I'm not stupid. I, I pay attention. I go to back to the Amplified or the Greek New Testament to make sure I'm talking correctly about this. Then let's see here. Let's go to verse 3. Greet uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Of course, Priscilla is mentioned first. She's the wife. My helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks. Wow unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. They had a house church. And because Priscilla is named first, it's the law of first mention, she was more dominant in that team. You know, and a woman that's more dominant, she didn't have to tell her husband that. That's great on him, maybe. But if husbands are really real and genuine, they would support their wives and have their role in the church too. You know, we're not trying to be something we're not, but if you have an anointing, you should recognize it. So we got now a lady pastor, pastors with her husband. 
Some lady called me from another state when I, what she called Sean when I was in California preaching on angels and said she wanted me to come to her church and preach on, she's having a ladies meeting. I called her and talked to her and she's the one that called for it. I would have called her husband I didn't have his number, but so I just talked to her to make sure I'm understanding right what they want. And she was just very sweet. And But, you know, she's the one that called Sean about me coming, not her husband. But I'm sure he's in agreement or she wouldn't have done that. So here's a lady that's not more dominant than Aquila, and they pastor a church together, and they had a home church at that time. Then verse 7, salute Andronicus and Junia, and the Junia there is a female word, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Now this is significant. These two people, Andronicus and Junia, they were not just an apostle, they were of note among the apostles. <laughs> you know, it'd be like the you have the 12 apostles, of course you think they're all that in a bag of chips, and I do too, thank God. But then you think about Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. You think if they were all in a room, I think Paul would stand out among the rest of them for his writing anyway, and writing to us about what we are in Christ, that that wasn't revealed until he got the revelation and began to, and Galatians says he didn't receive that from anybody else. He received it from Christ Jesus himself, the revelation of what he taught. All right. That's just, so we had a deacon, a pastor, and an apostle, all female, in this seven verses. When I saw that, I thought, man, that's a great scripture. I'll teach that the rest of my life. Yeah. Now, Let's go over here a minute to First uh, Timothy four. First Timothy chapter four, and let's read. I'm going to read out of the King James, and I'm going to read something from Rick Renner that he 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 translated these this scripture. But I'm going to read it from the Bible first, and then read it what he wrote about it. Verse thirteen. First Timothy four thirteen through sixteen. Let no man despise your youth but be an example of the believers in word, in conversation. That word conversation is more like your lifestyle, in charity or love, in uh, spirit, in faith, and in purity. I, I started with verse 12. I was going to read 13, but let me go on here. Until I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. I'm particularly talking to the preachers tonight, and specifically Misty. Neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. That's just a group of ministers that were some level of fivefold ministry that ministered uh, to Timothy. And Paul's writing him saying, don't neglect that gift that's in you. And it came when you were ordained and ministered to, we laid our hands on you, so forth. Meditate upon these things, give yourself wholly to them or entirely that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto yourself, and unto the doctrine continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself, that's important, and them that hear thee. So Rick Renner, I don't know if you know him, he's in Russia. Uh, I've been, anyway, I'm working on something about Russia too. We'll just see how that turns out in the future. But I've been there three times, four times actually. This is Rick Renner's interpretation, and he's a Greek scholar. I'm not. I could get my Greek New Testament and look up stuff. I had to take Greek in seminary. It's a very complicated language. It has eight tenses. The English language has three. They got eight. And it's really interesting that you know so much. But he's just really smart. 
when it comes, this is his rendition of what I just read you. Till I come, you must continue consistently and habitually giving yourself to the reading of Scripture. Not for the sake of a sermon, but for the sake of your own personal growth. This growth should first be reflected by deep spiritual fellowship around the Word and your closest friends. Then finally, this growth will be reflected as you minister God's Word publicly. Your public ministry, however, should be an overflow from these other areas of your life. Public ministry is a result of personal growth. See, you, you know what you minister publicly comes out of your personal time with God, time in the Word and asking questions. And God will speak of you. I'll talk to Him and ask Him. All right, just encouraging you. I'm concerned when people say, well, I don't hear from God like you. Well, I didn't ask you if you heard from God. Do you ever hear from God? Well, uh, occasionally. Well, that doesn't sound very good. You're telling me that. You should be hearing more from them. Do not continue neglecting and ignoring the gift in your life. It is a supernatural endowment full of power and ability. Regardless of how much you've already done, the gift in you is so powerful it can do more. That's where I'm at right now. Getting further over into the miracles, getting further over into gifts of healings, getting further over in my healing endowment, studying that, meditating, talking to Father about it. So he says it'll do more. Well, regardless of how much you come in that, it'll do more. When good, when God gave it to you, He also gave you a prophecy as the elders laid hands on you. God told you specifically what He would do through your ministry. Have you fulfilled all that prophecy? See, that's why I say to you, you know, I have prophecies. These are them. I got a sticky tab on it. I look like a doctor, don't I? It's pretty <laughs> colorful. But God spoke to me a while back. I wrote it at the top. This is a blueprint for my life because I believe the people who gave me these were legitimate people that anointed to say what they said to me, to help move me forward. So I go over this frequently and read it and meditate and talk to the Father about it. Just something else. Just something else. And I'm not, I'm not bragging to say that. What this really means to me in reality, I'm a little more mature. I'm not a baby anymore. It means more work. Am I, am I living up to what was given to me by a, a reputable people that I trust? Pastor Nancy, Dr. Dufresne, primarily in here. Anyway, so where was I at? You must uh, see. Uh, have you fulfilled all that prophecy? And I, in my own life, I'd have to say not fully. I know that more is coming it, it, every year that passes. Then you must start yielding to the gift in a greater way. You have a mission to fulfill in other words, you, you, wherever you're at, you keep saying, Father, I know there's more. Show me how to get into the more. I'm just throwing this at everybody here, but what I think is people don't pray in tongues enough. Everybody. I always say it this way. Pray in tongues more than you think you can. And God will help you get somewhere. You won't get somewhere by next Thursday, but if you stay with it, you'll get it. And sometimes just set some time aside. I know you intercede, I hope you do, for people that you love, like your pastors, and I hope people pray for me. But at the same time, and I pray for other people, but I want to take some time aside just to pray over myself, praying in tongues, talking to my Father about my future and what He wants to do with me, where He wants me to go, where He doesn't want me to go. And everybody needs to do that, especially the preachers. Hallelujah. 
he says, uh, you must start yielding to the gift. And Now, here's something that I realized I wasn't yielding as quick as I do now. I would just teach, 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 teach. Uh, and I haven't been teaching that long, have I? It's only 7 o'clock. We got here at 6. We had a little praise and worship. Pastor Randy shared, took an offering. But I'm not going to preach on and on. I'm just talking to you. Are you listening? We just have to see what God has for us. Then take time to pray, and then take time to be quiet when you prayed. <laughs> I, it was 2000, I think it was 2008. I'm trying to remember. And I told the Lord way back in my life, if you get me up at night to pray, I'll know, and I'll get out of bed and go pray. And so uh, I've done that a lot of times. One gentleman, we, we were able to save his life. He got in a terrible accident in his car, his truck. They, the EMS people came and said, you know, normally the guy, or people we get out of a vehicle looks like this. They're dead. But he just had a big bruise where that strap held him and the thing exploded in his face, you know, the airbag. But I got up and prayed, and I was praying about 45, 50 minutes. He said, get up and pray. And I prayed for him by name. I got his name when I was praying. And the next morning, that happened. So we see things. You listening to me? Yeah. Take special time and care. I'm still reading from Rick Renner. Take special time and care to cultivate these things. They will not develop by accident. I think some preachers think, well, it's just going to come on me because I'm dedicated to God. Well, you need to be dedicated to God. I'm not making fun of that. But it won't just come because you think like that. It'll come because you're pursuing him. You are in close fellowship with Jesus every day. And sometimes you may have to take some extra time. I'm just talking off the cuff here, just not in my note, to pray a little extra. I know I was doing something a while back. I was praying, and I, meant, and I didn't realize this until I was doing it. I started going like this. And then the Lord said, widen that. So I went like that. And he said, take it up one more. And then I said, what have I just done? And I remember Brother Hagin's comment. Some of you may remember him saying he was praying and doing that. And the Lord said, take it around bigger. Take it around bigger. I don't know how many times he went bigger. But the Lord said, that's what your ministry is going to do. It's going to touch more lives around the world. You're going to have more impact on humans. <laughs> and I'm still trying. I'm still pursuing that. I got four or five countries on my heart right now. And I'm beginning to get a little, some feedback from other people in some nations. So. We'll just see how that works out. Some places I've never been before, and some I have been. But I'm pursuing that because God said I... Anyway, he told me about Russia. He said he wanted me to go back. So I've got some telephone numbers, and I'm going to call and see if they would like me to come. I have preached before in their church when Dad was with me, and Dad was alive. It was his meeting. He let me preach. I was very honored to do that. Anyway, I'm just talking. Oh, okay, let me see. They won't develop an accident. You must decide to develop them. Give yourself to them completely. Be consumed with them. Man, that's something else. Given to them and almost driven until you feel you're up to your ears in them. Then you will really begin to grow. You will begin to forge new frontiers, what I just said, and everyone will see your growth and be encouraged to follow. Understand that your personal development, now listen to me, your personal development in the Word and in God Understand that your personal development is the first priority in your life. See, I knew that people didn't pray much because people in my own church would come for counseling. You know, when I was pastor, can I see Dr. Jacobs? I need to talk to him. And I would, they would come in and I would say, when's the last time you prayed in tongues 30 minutes without stopping? And they'd go, um, uh, uh, just forget it. This is why you're talking to me with this problem or problems, plural, 
because you never pray very long. That's not a cure-all, but it would take you a long way, and you wouldn't need to be here talking to me. And then some smart aleck young guy, he too, I said that from the pulpit, so he prayed that morning for 30 minutes thinking he was a big shot. <laughs> but he didn't make it. I mean, he's alive, but he's not spiritual at all. All right, moving on. Grab a hold of yourself and determine to cultivate growth in your life. And you know, sometimes I'll ask the pastors when I'm with them that know me well, do you think I've changed any? And I, if I haven't, rebuke me. Have I gotten any stronger or spiritual, more spiritual since I saw you last time? Any more accuracy with me? Or I want to know, I want feedback, you know. And some of them were gracious and said they thought there was some changes in me for the better. I said, well, praise God, I've been working on me. I don't ask carnal people that because they don't have a clue. <laughs> All right, grab hold of yourself and determine to cultivate growth in your life and grab hold firmly on the doctrine. In fact, you must stay right in the Word and make it your number one business for in doing this. Uh, you will personally experience a new measure of salvation and deliverance, and them that hear you preach and teach will be changed too. Now, just a minute here. I think I've done about everything. Oh, I've got one more thing to do here. But I want to give you just some personal advice. I wrote it on this paper for some reason that the Lord told me quite a bit ago. He told me early in my ministry, first of all, be quick to repent when I miss it. Have you ever missed it? Of course I have. What do you think? I'm a sent from heaven as an angel? No, I'm a man. <laughs> quick to repent when you miss it. Quick to forgive when others miss it and do harm to you. You know, some people are just so offensive and so unkind, and so deliberately mean. Just being honest. So I just forgive them all. About, about 15 years ago, I just said, Father, I forgive anybody in my past that did that. I'm going to turn them all loose. And I'm going to pray. I'm praying right now for all the things I'll run into in the future because I know they're out there. And somebody's going to do or say something that's going to irritate me, frustrate me. But I'm not going to be frustrated. I'm just forgiving them up front. <laughs> and thirdly, I said, the Lord said to me, don't limit don't limit him in your life. Psalm 78:41 says they limited the Holy One of Israel. That's what happens in churches sometimes. They, they limit him because they either don't have the right teaching or enough teaching or don't believe for things to get beyond where it's at, so they just stay there. That's not a good thing to do. <laughs> Isn't that right? We all should be striving to grow in God. I know we think about our job sometimes, people do, and money. People think about money all the time, typically sometimes. I'm not interviewing anybody, but they do. And, uh, <coughs> and you've got to get your mind on God first. That has to be the first priority, not the money. Or not where you work. Just be a faithful person at work, and God will promote you. Okay, i got one last place here, and I'm in First Timothy already, chapter 5. I'm going to say this, and, then, and I've only been preaching probably 40 minutes. Miracle. That's a miracle, right? <laughs> first, first Timothy 5, and starting in verse uh, 17 through 22, let the elders, and when it talks about elders, it's not talking about people with gray hair, it's, or an elderly person, it's the leaders, spiritual leaders that rule well, uh, be, con be counted worthy, of double honor. Actually, the word there in the Greek is double salary. 
especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. And you don't pay my salary, so I'm not asking you to do that. You know what I mean? I'm just talking from the Bible standpoint. And then it says, uh, For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treads out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Against an elder receive not an accusation. And you know, it's amazing to me, some people that left my church received something from somebody else that had a burr under their saddle because they said one thing that they didn't agree with, and they accused me of something that was untrue. <laughs> I've had that my whole life. You just have to learn to deal with yourself. Don't let people get in you. I don't let anybody get in me anymore. Anything or anybody, don't do it. I love you, I'm encourage you, I'll pray for you. I'll try to minister to you to the highest ability I can give, but I'm not going to take people home and try to figure it out in my head. That'll give you a nervous breakdown. So it says, don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn labors worthy of his reward. Then skip down to verse 21 through 22. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another. Do nothing by partiality. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep yourself pure. Now this passage right here is talking about elders and leadership ordaining somebody. And I went over this many times and it seemed like I got almost frustrated because it said, I realized, verse 21, that God was in the part of calling me and the Lord Jesus, who's the head of the church, but they didn't stop there, and the elect angels. And I thought, oh. see, because I was, you know, before I got saved, I was, I was just about half crazy, drug addict, drug dealer, carried a gun. I mean, you know, and the guys I worked were, were around, they were much more tougher than me. Some of them ex-bikers, all kinds of stuff. Well, they showed up at my ordination. <laughs> and they were all bawling like little babies. One of them was, a, uh, you know, Dayton outlawed and Hell's Angel from some other city. And they were rough people. But anyway, the anointing came on that service because, see, what was happening, God, Jesus, and the elect angels were there. And normally when the angels come in, there's a reverence to a service. There's a holiness. Whether you call it that or not, I'm just telling you, when they come, they sort of sanctify that assembly or that room with their presence, and there's just a holiness about it. I feel them right now. <laughs> they're here. But it took me a long time to get, I really studied this out. What does the elect mean? So I got in several Bibles and back in the Greek and went out, go to this reference, go to the, and it really means uh, they've been chosen personally to work with you in your ministry. That's what was happening back when I got ordained. And I didn't realize that at the time, but as I went on, I realized angels were there in my ordination. They were assigned to me, not the same angel as the guardian angel, as I was already an adult then, but there was angels there, and they were assigned to work with me. Now I see it clearly, but I didn't see it that yeah. then. So I'm saying to you, Misty, something's going to happen tonight, and God's going to assign some angels with you, and you say, well, what are they going to do? I don't know. You're going to have to pray and figure that out, just like I've had to pray for all these years, a lot of years, praying to figure something out. <laughs> I'm sorry, and thank you, Tiffany. No, you blessed me. You did. He got the, got the anointing on me. Hallelujah. So, glory be to God. So, Misty, I want you to come. Pastor Randy, Pastor Alvin, I asked them to help. I asked somebody else to help too, but they couldn't come. If something serious happened, that they needed to let it go. Move that for me, Pastor. 
And uh, the rest of you, you want to sit down and see it, or do you want to stand up? You do whatever you like. You can stand up if you want. Hallelujah. Thank you for the honor to do this tonight. Yeah, and I'm telling you, there's something going to happen special to you, for you, in this moment, and it'll last your lifetime, as long as you're faithful and continue to worship God. Hallelujah. Let's lay hands on her, gentlemen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lay hands on her. We anoint her with fresh oil from heaven. Need some ushers up here if you need to get up here behind her. And Father, we, th we decree over her she'll be a quick study. She'll get into things uh, deeper and quicker with more accuracy as she listens to you and flows with you. And I thank you for the angel or angels you're assigning to her to work for her in some capacity. And as she prays, you'll reveal that to her too. We lay our hands on her, and Father, we say, stir up the gift that's in you, like Paul said to Timothy, through the laying on of his hands to Timothy. And as we lay hands on her, we believe she'll stir that up, and that'll come forth in the name of Jesus. Gentlemen, you have anything? Go ahead if you need to say something. Hallelujah. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for Misty. We thank you for her future. We thank you for her past, that she's come a long way. And you raised her up for such a time as this. There's been a calling there all along. Maybe she recognized it, maybe she didn't. But now she's seeing it, at least in part, what she's to do and what she's to minister. And it's going to be a blessing to not only this church, but other places that she may go. And she's anointed to do it, to speak words of faith, move in the Holy Ghost, yielding to Him, the greater one who lives in her, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you for that. Let's pray with me a minute if you pray in the Holy Ghost. Zingelemanlanbrusete, I carabrose che le macaria tocco probassaia. E io basto che basso cabasso cabasso. I gobasso che basso copasso. I labando robrose te debando riscetto. Ramaha cicalaban borscato lavai. Belabonde le bosche che le bahia. Oh brastola bacaia bastola. Bastola bacala bachisce. Bastola bacale viendo. Ico brastola, ica la bosta cavai, di la bahadoro brobosaia. Ica la bavrosta che le bacaia bosta. Ica la broste e boranda. Yera basso, yera basso, yera basso, yera basso, in amando broste le bacai. Thank you, Father. Go topo sia. Ora bahaia, basso canamaia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Huh. Yeah, angels handed me a hot coal put no. on your lips. Hallelujah. To preach in a new way. To preach in the power of God. To preach in the anointing. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Fire God on her mouth. Fire God in her words. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for it here.
Hallelujah. 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 Now, I, I'm going to pray for some other people in just a minute, but I, I've got something here. If you've got any problem with your head, come up here. I'm going to pray for you. Maybe you get migraines or I don't know. In your head, anything to do with your head, come up here. I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. I'm going to wait on you. If that's you, come up here and respond. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. What are you going to do if nobody comes? I'm going to go next. I'm going to go on with what I don't need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, that's you? Yeah, clee, teeth, throat, uh, you know, gums. Your gums are? Be healed of that in the name of Jesus. Command that power to go into your gums and cause them to not do that anymore. Be healed in your gums in Jesus' name. Okay, you coming? Receive what she said. Okay, take that. Let that go in you. Anointings on you to fix that for for Father, in the name of Jesus. Remember this morning I read that clip from my my uh, prophecies? Pastor Dr. Durain said you're going to have healings and miracles in the jaw and teeth and mouth and things like that. So that's what's happening. Are you up here too? Yeah, come on, come on up to me. What, what's the matter? My memory. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. On you? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Well, I believe God's going to repair that and fix that for you and restore that. I got two angels to work with me, and they they showed up in a, a big vision to me, and then they came to my house eight weeks later, about six or eight. They said, and they said, we're here to tell you what we're going to do with you. I said, well, tell me. He, they said, we're going to restore and repair people's bodies when you're in the anointing and healing line. So receive that on your brain, your mind, your memory. Be fixed in the name of Jesus. Command it to go in Jesus' name. The loss of memory, whatever that is that's affecting him, I command you go. And the power of God to rest on you to retain good memory. Good memory. Good memory. Hallelujah. The book of Proverbs says, The memory of the righteous is blessed. Say that. The righteous is blessed. I don't remember exact passage. It might be 15th chapter, or I don't know, but it's in the book of Proverbs. The memory of the righteous is blessed. So if you have a problem in your head, that would be a good thing to say. My mind is blessed. My memory's blessed. What do you need, Jim? Yeah, eyes is in your head. Be healed in your eyes. In the name of Jesus. Be healed, Jim. Power of God's on you. Power of God's on you. What you need? TMJ. Okay, we've had a lot of people here. Be healed in that area. I command those bones to be healed. And that clicking to stop. And the <laughs> Jesus' name. Oh, my goodness. There it is right there. Praise the Lord. That's stopping for you. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, like those other... Father, I command that to stop happening to Pastor Luke. I command things to be restored to normal and the stoppage of what that's doing in the name of Jesus. Oh, my goodness, the anointing's on you, Pastor Luke. I felt that. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. What you need? It's gotten worse and worse. Okay. So you wear glasses, but it's deteriorating your sight somewhat. How, how many years have I been doing that? Seventh grade? And what, are you in college, or how old are you? Okay, you're what, 20-something maybe? 19. Father, we pray for these eyes to be healed. Reverse this. I command those eyes to reverse what's happening. 
command these eyes to have perfect eyesight, good eyesight, and to change it for her. Give her a miracle. Oh, the anointing's on you, Charlie. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody here, you have a lot of trouble sleeping with, you have nightmares and dreams like that. Who is that? I'd like to pray for you if you have, you have a lot of things at night like that come to you. We command that broken in your life, command it to cease. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you, Satan. Leave her alone. Come out! I command your power broken over her mind when she sleeps in the name of Jesus. Praise God. You got it, honey. Now, somebody write this down for her, Candace or somebody. Psalm 127.3 in the Amplified Bible says, He gives His beloved sleep and blesses them with blessings while they sleep. 127.3. Yes, ma'am. Pardon? Dreams. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command those dreams to stop. Command the power of Satan. I break your power and say, come out. Quit harassing this young lady in the name of Jesus. And I pray for her sleep to be sweet, just like that other lady. I pray for your sleep to be sweet, comforting, encouraging, and no fear. I rebuke that fear. It's been happening enough. Got you in fear, didn't it? I rebuke you, spirit of fear. Come out. Command your power broken over this young lady. In the name of Jesus, Psalm 127.3, the Amplified Bible says that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. You worship Him a little bit when you're up here. That anointing continues to flow in you. So I want to pray for all the pastors and their wives, if you'd like me to. And maybe I'm just going to broaden it a little bit is if you're a young lady and you feel called to ministry, you can come up here too. And I will lay hands on you. But I'd like to pray for all the preachers first. Hallelujah. I'm going to start down here, ushers. Hallelujah. Coming up into a new room you are, so receive that. Oh, Victoria. Woo! Take all you want. Woo! 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 <laughs> new room for you, Pastor Alvin. Oh my goodness. New room for you, Donna. Oh my. New room for you, Pastor Mark. Take that. Woo! Coming into some things. In a new way. You too, Pastor Randy. You're coming into some new things. Coming into a new room. The expansion of things for you in the spirit. God's going to give you more people here in your church too. Hallelujah. Because you can be trusted. They put a value on your integrity and on your character. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. New room for you, Pastor Luke. You get in that new building. It's coming. It's coming to you. It's coming to you too, John. Newness, newness on you. Receive that. <laughs> Pastor John, receive that. A new room for you too. And you too. New room for you in the name of Jesus. Do you preach? You don't? Have you ever? You ever had any leading to maybe do that? Okay. Yeah, have her get up preaching. Fire on your lips too. Do you feel that? Anointing's on you. Woo! Hallelujah. Some gifts of the Spirit are beginning to operate through both of you. Maybe they already do to some level, but there's another dimension coming for you, John. Another dimension coming for you, honey. Receive it. Hallelujah feel like you're called. Well, Father, fulfill that calling. Fulfill that in Jim's life. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. <laughs>
Man, I'm glad I came to church tonight. Candace received that. Oh, oh my goodness. New room for you. New room for you. And something's changing for you now. And you're going to get the right answer on what you called me about. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. New fresh anointing on you, though. And I sense it's going to come somehow because you're getting in that new building, too, like Pastor Luke. Now, these young ladies are called. Father, move her, move her out in her calling. Woo. You too, Madeline. God's going to move you out to show you more about that calling so you can fulfill it. So receive that newness of life. <laughs> Tiffany, receive it. You're coming up into something new and fresh, even in the music ministry. Hallelujah. And you are too, Brandon, coming up into a new room, a new room of the Spirit. Some of the gifts of the Spirit will operate through you, and other things will come, more accuracy and things. Hallelujah. Pastor Sonny, <laughs> receive that anointing on you, sir. You and Cassie both. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Coming into a new room, too. See, I've studied that out, and I know about rooms, and I'm still waiting to get in that next room for me. I'm right up to the door. Hallelujah. You need something? Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, good, Bethany. I'm glad you're up here. You're up here too, Andrew. Remember, I endorsed you. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. What a wonderful couple you are, faithful, loyal. And I know you love me, and I love you both, too. So get into the floss that has God has for you. You too, Andrew. Get in that slot. Diamond in China. Hallelujah. Diamond received that. Figure that out. Pray enough to figure it out. And you too, China. Pray enough to figure it out. Oh, hallelujah. You can figure it out. I'm still talking to you. You can figure it out. Just take some extra time praying in the Spirit. And then I'm not just talking to her. I'm talking to everybody. We all could figure out a lot more if we pray more in the Spirit. And then be quiet and listen to God. In 2008, God said, get up and go pray. I went to my living room. I prayed for 45 minutes. I didn't hear anything. Stopped. I said, okay, I'm still. I'm listening. He said, I'm giving you an anointing you've never had before for lungs, COPD, cancer, asthma, anything to do with the lungs of people, air. And I said, great. So I began to operate in that from that day forward. In the meetings I was in, if I had that word of knowledge, I knew God was anointing me to pray for people who had breathing problems. And then I went to Costa Rica, and I was in a meeting down there. Costa Rica, that's the right nation. Central America, right? Costa Rica. And I had an elderly lady, I was praying, talk, preaching on angels, and I had an elderly lady come, she was about 80 years old. She said, I've been having breathing problems my whole life. I laid her hands on her head, and I said, take a big breath in and breathe it out. And she did, and she fell out, and I said, there's an angel here to her, and he's cleaning your lungs. What he does is he comes, he's got a, like a, a, what do you call that? Like a laser. And he goes like this and starts running that across the lungs and it clears out any of the junk 
when I'm in the spirit, I'll see people's lungs. Some of them are off color, not, not didn't look healthy. Some of them were gray, one of them was black. I knew he was in big trouble, but that angel showed up like that. So I started out just by praying. When I got up and prayed 45 minutes, and then the Lord said, I'm giving you a different anointing to add on to what you have. He has different levels of equipment he can give us. You know that? A lot of things we don't know about yet, but we need to pursue it. Not, not push everything out of the way, but expand ourselves to pray long enough and then get quiet and he'll speak to us. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. First, he just told me he'd give me that anointing. Then he's put an angel in my life. And at your church, you had a guy got healed of lung problems, serious lung problems. Pulmonary stenosis, I think he called it. He wrote me a letter. Of course, he died of something else later, but not that. And he told me he's laying on the couch most of the day when after we prayed for him, he was up doing yard work and stuff. That's what he told me. So I'm telling you, there's just so much in this realm. We got to get over in there and know about it. I'm not an expert, but I do try to stay over in that realm, you know, as far as I can. And I have got to have God's help to be there. Let him open up things. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's other things to receive. Hallelujah. Miss Nancy, can I pray for you a minute? This lady's been through uh, cancer treatment. She's a good friend of our family, been a wonderful friend to us, her and her husband. That's her daughter, Madeline. And she's doing real good. She just got her fuzz up there now, but <laughs> it's growing back. Yeah. She's a very dear friend to me. This lady here and her husband. So I may have spit on you, excuse me. It's anointed spit. That's right. Take it like that. And right now, anything I'm doing, I think it's anointed. And you're about done with all your treatments. You're done. The chemo and, and radiation. It was done last week. So, Father, we just pray for Nancy that she'll regain every bit of strength and health that she needs. We thank you, Father. She's on the other side of this now, and we agree with her that she will walk in the power of God, the anointing of God, and will be healed and well and strong rest of her life in Jesus name there's the anointing on you Nancy watch her hallelujah thank you father for healing her and making her whole we thank you for the medical help too but we thank you for the anointing that ministers to people hallelujah now if you're here tonight and you have any other kind of sickness or disease if I prayed for you this morning you don't need to come back but I'll pray for you if you want to come up here. If you'll just bear with me a few more minutes. What's up? He has cancer. Okay. What's his name? Huh? Elijah? Uh-huh. You'll feel the anointing back here on you. Father, we pray for this young boy in Jesus' name. We pray healing to him. In the name of Jesus. Can I touch his head? Father, we pray healing to him in the name of Jesus. Cancer, I rebuke you. I curse you. Command you to, to die and be no more in his body. I pray for him to live and not die and be strong in you and in the power of your might. And I rebuke you, Satan. Command you to take your hands off this child. In the name of Jesus. And I release the anointing in my hands to go into his body. In Jesus' name. And Mama too. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for it. We believe you for it with all that's in us. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay.
Ms. Stoner, what do you need? In that area? Okay. Father, I commanded her body to be healed in the name of Jesus. Solid and strong she'll be, and I claim it right now. The anointing flows out of my hands into her body and fixes whatever that is that's been a problem in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What you need? Father, we pray for her body to get in line with the word. I rebuke these symptoms in the name of Jesus. Command the power of God to go into her body now and fix those things. Move in her body and fix them and cause her to be sound and whole. We ask it in Jesus' name. Ooh, that anointing's strong. We need sign. Father, we curse those sinuses, command them to dry up and be no more affecting her in this capacity. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. to get on you about it yeah yeah okay you mind if i say that to everybody what you said this lady said she they tell her she's got some kind of genetic disease they haven't diagnosed it fully yet but she said fears creeped in you know we've been there before too you know i mean one time i got a pain in my side and, it's, and i'm not talking to you to do this because i'm a lot further along i could help you more but I had a pain in my side for 14 years, went to all kinds of doctors, did every test the hospital asked me to do, and still was none better. In fact, I got worse. And uh, Dr. Dufresne got into my life as a prophet, and I told him about that. I, I think that had been on me 12 or 13 years when he's prophesied to me at lunch. He laid his fork down and fire shot out of him and said, you're gonna come out of that pain, and God's gonna pay that bill. I had $20,000 on credit cards because I didn't have insurance. And you know, when you go to the hospital and they do stuff to you, it costs. I'm in agreement, you're, you're healed. Father, I command healing to flow to my sister in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, I rebuke that fear in Jesus' name. Come out! Command you, Satan, to leave her alone in her mind and her emotions and heal this body. I don't care what it is, Father, you're the God who heals all our diseases. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. The anointing's on you. Woo! Let's worship with her a minute. Hallelujah. Anointing's working on her. Watch her. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody's behind you, honey. You, if you need to. Or they can set you in a chair. All right. Anybody else need anything? Thank you, Father. You come a long way, sister. Anointing's all over you. Working on you right now. Working on that fear and working on your body to make you whole. Thank you, Father. This is what it's all about, helping people. Helping people. Hallelujah. Madison, I'm going to pray for you. Father, I pray you anoint her with fresh oil. Yield to that. Just yield to that. In the name of Jesus. Power of God's on you. Hallelujah. I know you got a young baby and a husband to care for, but God's want to do something with you too, special. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to do something special with them. You know, I think God wants to do something special with all of us. I don't care who we are. And we need to think like that. God loves me. <laughs> he, he wants to use me. He wants to use all of us. I think I'm done, Pastor Randy. I, I'm just done. Thank you. Any, uh, one other thing. Anybody have breathing problems that I could pray for that's here tonight? Got any kind of asthma or any kind of bronchial problem, something like that? Just asking for a close. Okay. You get embarrassed if nobody responds? Never. Why should I be embarrassed? What if I didn't say it and somebody went out and had a serious problem and they said, man, I wish he'd have called that out? Or That's why I do it. Okay. I thought your hand was up. I thought you were praising God. <laughs> you were. <laughs> okay. You got some problems in there? COPD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we've got a lot. Take a breath in. Let it out. Father, I pray healing to those lungs and every part that's been affected. Let him breathe freely. Let him breathe in a new way. Full breath, full power, full anointing on those lungs in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You too? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, you stop breathing at night, yeah. Father, we pray for that to open up his body to respond. Take a breath in. Let it out. Father, I thank you for the healing power on my hands to minister to him and healing, healing those lungs and the capacity and cause him to, that sleep apnea to go from him. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you for it. Praise God. Father, we command that congestion to dry up in his lungs, his bronchial tubes, whatever. Command him to be whole and oh, that morning's on my hand. You feel that? Feel that heat? Ooh. Fire of God shot through my right hand. I sure am glad I said that last thing. You know. Okay, Pastor. If that's it, I'm good. Thank you for coming. I had a great night. I hope you did too. <laughs>